Hello and welcome to season two of the Wealthier Together podcast. During episode eight, I'm going to interview Tossie and she's going to really just talk about how to discover and live your God-given purpose. She tells us a little bit about her story and she also touches on a couple of areas that women get kind of stuck. So negative thoughts, negative thinking, not taking enough action, and also how to align that align that with the purpose that you were placed here to fulfill. Again, I hope you enjoy this episode. Season three will start on Wednesday, January the 8th. Tazi is the founder and chief executive officer of Tazi Coaching Incorporated, a transformational lifestyle coaching firm. She's certified as a transformational mastery coach, health coach, and life coach, and has a bachelor of science degree in business. She has impacted the lives of her clients by teaching them how to take ownership in their lives through their responsibility and decision-making. She also teaches them to trust their intuition through awareness and experience more love in order to live a life they love. Tazi has experienced pain, loss, depression, and lack of clarity without knowing, with not knowing her purpose. In 2017, she decided to change the rest of her life. She listened to her intuition, quit her corporate job, and decided to love herself more than anyone in order to heal and figure out her life's purpose. God led her to the direction of his will over her life, which led her to coaching. Tazi's bold mission is to teach others how to experience greater self-love in order to heal past hurts, have better relationships, and overall live a life filled with love. She lives in Oceanside, California, and enjoys learning, the beach, and laughing with family and friends. So welcome, Tassie. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. I'm so happy to be here. Blessing. Thank you so much. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? You touched on it in the bio, but just a little bit about how you got to this place. Yes. So I remember being 19, and I went to an outreach and the pastor did an altar call. And what that is, is just really proclaiming what Jesus has done and how he came to the earth to take away our sins. And through that message, I just became overwhelmed and, and ready to give up the pain and suffering and the, the sin that I had taken on. I, I was such an angry kid and I didn't know how to fully express myself. So by the age of 19, I had been drinking and I had been in bad relationships and I just was creating havoc in my life. So I got saved at the age of 19. And when I got saved and I allowed Jesus Christ, I really proclaimed that he was my savior. I continued to do the same things because I believed that, well, I, I said Jesus is my savior and I didn't understand that I needed to really make a shift in what I was doing, you know, get rid of the partying and the drinking and the bad habits that I was creating. So I went on for years of doing this. And at 19, after I had gotten saved and I started going to church, by the time I was 21, I thought, you know what, it is time for me to get baptized. I, I'm learning so much about the Lord. I'm, I was going to a church at the time who really just taught you straight from the Bible. So I was learning so much and I was changing in my heart and in my mind, but my outer appearance, everything was still the same. So I continued to have this battle of, God, I'm not ready for what you're calling me to do. Because as I was going to church and I was learning more about his word and his purpose on my life and identifying how he saved me through things and how I'm forgiven and all of the different things that he was bringing to light in my life, I wasn't ready to let go of what I knew to be my surrounding. And so I continued to have this battle with God. I'm, I'm not ready to fully go into your purpose. I'm too young. I am not married. I don't have kids. And I, I, my, literally my discussion with the Lord at that time was, why don't you come back to me to call me to your will when I'm married and have kids and when I'm done partying, like other people that I've seen? Because in my life at that time, I hadn't seen younger girls or younger men going out to really um, live out God's purpose in their life. And so I just, I was so confused at that time. And finally, when I turned 27, I had, you know, continued to wreak havoc because I was still going through that battle. And I 
was working my way um, to burnout. I actually had burned out from my work. I was completely overworked in, at the job that I was at. I was completely overworked with the responsibilities that I had taken on in my life. And I physically had to go on a three-month medical leave. During that time, I was able to give myself space to just breathe and to get back to identifying who I am. I had lost myself because of the work that I was doing really was putting me in a box of I'm needing to, um, and it was nothing from the employer, but it was my own take on, I'm needing to be this perfect person to get the perfect work done. And then that overflowed into my life. So if I didn't have the perfect relationship, if I didn't look perfectly, all of these things, you know, started to build up. So during that time when I had three months, I, I physically was laid in bed and I couldn't move, um, which is so different. I'm a very active person and I love to be around people. I physically was ill and in pain. So I just laid in bed for at least the first two months. And so that allowed me time to really get back into God's word, to ask for forgiveness once again. And in that moment, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done running. I, I know, and now I'm able to really identify the ways that I have created havoc in my life and how that continues to show up. And I, it was almost as if I was living my life on replay and I was continuing to learn the same mistakes over and over again. But this time the result of it was increasing. You know, I, I was depressed. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was drinking more and now I'm physically ill and I can't get out of bed like, good God, what are you telling me? And what are you showing me? And at the same time, I'm finally ready to stop running and I'm ready to listen. So I went back to work. My body went back into shock and I quit my job that week. Um, and then I came home and I got right back into the word and I had no plan of what I was going to do with my life. So as I was praying and as I, my body was finally starting to heal, I started to look into different programs and the program that I ended attending is called the Health Coach Institute. And it just made sense to me. At that time in my life, I was feeling really good about myself. I'm someone who loves. I love for people to love themselves. I love when people are experiencing love within their relationships. I love when people are communicating love. So at that time, I had about 18 friends and family members on a group text. And I was sending them motivational either Bible verses, motivational quotes. I was sending them workouts. I was sending them recipes. And it just is a part of my normal spirit to support people. So when I came across coaching, I had already been doing this for so many years without getting paid. And to back up a little bit, I had a lot of friends in my life who had clear dreams. And I was so disappointed with myself and with God because I never had a clear dream. So I thought, I always had a dream of loving people and allowing people to love me back and you know having this world of love but i didn't understand that to be a clear dream i didn't understand how to earn financial my i didn't understand how to gain money or how to create a career from loving people so this coaching allowed me to really do all of these things in one and when I actually started to coach clients, I was in complete alignment and just overwhelmed with love and gratitude in a way that I had never experienced before. So I knew exactly this is the calling on my life. This is exactly what I needed to be doing. So that, to sum it up, is kind of how I got into coaching and where I am today. That's definitely a really, really powerful story. And I'm sure that other people can also relate. You mentioned that you didn't feel that you had that clear dream. There are a lot of us, especially um, in church, where we, some people do get that, they know exactly what they're supposed to do from early on. And so the rest of us kind of feel like, well, what is my thing? And so we get upset and then, you know, we kind of do just whatever we want to do or what we think we're supposed to do. And there's always some defining moments. So I think in your case, your defining moment was that burnout when you had to take three months, uh, uh, three months month medical leave and you were able to actually refocus and get back to the basics and then hear from God, which I think it's definitely important. Our, I feel that in our society that a lot of us, especially a lot of women, 
ambitious women are burning out because we have misplaced our identity. So our identity is instead of being found in our creator, God who created us with a specific purpose, we are, you know, defining ourselves by what we do, what others say about us, and then what we own. And so, as you know, those things never satisfy at the end of the day. You know, you can have everything but still be empty. Exactly, yes. So I think it's definitely good that you touched on that. And then just that transition and that story, because a lot of people can sometimes believe that, oh, you know, you, you go to church, you accept Christ, and then suddenly everything changes overnight. And there are some people in which that is the case. But like you, that was not the case for me. And so, you know, we, again, this is not a good thing. We would compare ourselves to other people and everyone has their own process. And then God is also patient with us. He created us. So he knows what we are capable of and he meets us where we are. So, you know, again, that comparison thing, we have to kind of knock that out of the way. So why do you think that women struggle to find clarity in their lives? You just were talking about it. I really think it's that comparison, especially as women, we are so used to comparing ourselves to other women, what they have going on, how they are experiencing relationships, Mm -hmm. how they show up in the world, how they do their makeup, how they dress, what type of workout classes they're going to, their diet, blah, blah, blah. So I feel one way that women struggle to find clarity is because we're so busy looking outward and we're not looking inside in ourselves. We're so busy looking for the validation from other people when it's not comparison. It can be comparison. It can also be the validation from others. We're looking for the approval from our parents, from our grandparents, from our spouse, from our children at some times. And we feel not all of us, but some women feel we aren't able to get clarity because we're so used to this and we're so used to performing at such a high level. Mm -hmm. So if, if we're able to do all of these things, why would I stop that? Because I'm, I'm in, in a sense, I'm blessing all of these people by all of the work that I'm doing. So I also feel our current responsibilities kind of take away the clarity that we're able to have. We also, another thing is just not believing that we're good enough. And really, you you touched on it also as our identity. So when we're so, we're only able to identify ourselves in our shame or in our past and in the things that we have done, we aren't able to fully step into all that God has forgiven us of and all that God has given his grace over. So continuing to say, well, I'm not able to fully live out God's purpose in my life because I have done X, Y, and Z. So I feel the struggle comes when we're just continuing to go through the motions and the experience and the solution, I believe, to that is really taking a step back and just taking a breath and getting some quiet time to really understand Mm -hmm. what is it that God is calling me to do. And, And before even that, to quiet ourselves, because if you notice, especially us women who are so used to doing so many things, at the end of the day, we're so tired, we literally don't even have a moment to think because we are completely drained. So I think that also has to do with not being able to find clarity because we're so busy and, excuse me, we're so busy in what we're currently doing. And you mentioned about shame and comparison definitely i was reading something the other day by henry cloud and he does a lot of work on boundaries and he was saying that when you do when you're comparing yourself or or you're people pleasing you're neglecting your responsibility for improving whatever area or whatever areas of that you need to work on you're neglecting that and as we know we're going to be held responsible for how we have lived our lives and so that was an interesting spin I never thought about it that way, mm-hmm. that when you're comparing yourself to other people, you're neglecting your responsibility to complete whatever task you need to do. So I thought that was really interesting. And we are so connected to everything, whether it's podcasts, technology, um, you know, even now, especially a lot of women are in higher power jobs. People are still contact boundaries. People are contacting them into the night. There is no 
space for them to wind down and process and think clearly. So, you know, you're right. You can't have clarity when you're all, your brain is always on and then you're drained at the end of the day. Right. And it is so hard. I love Henry Cloud. Um, and it, it is so hard for us. And it, it was very hard for me to start to establish boundaries. So giving myself permission is what needed to happen. Giving myself permission to say, no, I need a moment I, or I need specific time. I need 10 minutes to just breathe by myself at night, or I need 10 minutes during my lunch break to just breathe before I check my phone, before I respond to someone, to something, and just allowing myself, myself the permission to be able to have time. Because for so long I thought, well, I'm being selfish because now I'm asking for time or I'm saying no to someone. And it is not selfish because I'm, I literally burnt out. I physically was shutting down because I did not know how to give myself boundaries. And I did not know how to give myself permission to accept that I am a person too. And I need space to be able to think clearly. That is very true. And especially setting boundaries is actually kind and loving. It allows other people to know what your limits are. First, we have to set boundaries with ourselves. Like if you can't set boundaries with yourself, it's going to be very difficult to communicate it to someone else. So we have to realize that we have limits. Like I, you know, recovering people pleaser, not many strong boundaries. I'm setting them now. And so I see the difference. I'm less disturbed by what's going on around me and I'm less stressed. And I love it. I love to be at peace. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> just going to say it. I, I love that. And I think too, when we do step into those cases where we're now ready to respond, we're able to give that person or that situation our full attention because now we've been able to have clarity. We've been able to reset in a sense. And now we're coming in repowered to give our full attention to that person or that thing. And so I'm all about the boundaries. I'm all about continuing to learn. How can I get better at this? How can I get better at communicating so that we can really experience more love in what we're doing? Because like you said, boundaries is all about love. It really is about respecting myself, giving myself that reset and respecting another person. Because if I'm overwhelmed in what I'm doing and now I'm going in and I'm overwhelmed and I'm sure a lot of us women can relate when we're overwhelmed and one more person calls us to do that last thing of the day, when we go into that situation, we're already irritated before this person even tells us what it is they are wanting from us. And so now we're bringing in this negative um, emotion into this thing that is really a positive thing that this person believed we're the best person to step in to have this conversation or to take care of this situation. And instead we're bringing in this negative because we're just so overwhelmed and irritated by all of the other things that we have done that aren't really complete because we haven't allowed our brain to catch up to the things that we're doing. That's true. And I like the way you talked about it. So you want to respond versus reacting. And yes. so as we know, when you're already irritated, you're not going to respond. It's a reaction. So, um, and it also makes you more objective. Yes. So you can see things from someone else's point of view and you've taken that time to step back, take, take a deep breath, which is wonderful for stress, but, you know, take that step back and look at something more objectively instead of, you know, all this, you know, reacting and triggering and all of these other things that we commonly see in our society. Right. And we are such... I don't, I don't believe that everyone understands how much of an impact you have. So when you come into a situation when you're now reacting in a negative way, not because of this new situation, but because of all the things that you've experienced throughout the day so far, all of those people who you are now coming into contact with or who are even observing you, let's say, for example, your kids, if it's at the end of the night and your husband's asking you to do one more thing, and you're now kind of ne negatively responding to that and you're not wanting to do it, they experience that as being normal. And then they go on to live that. And it's not only kids, but you know, in, in a job perspective, if we are the boss or if we are the employee, the way that we're responding, we constantly have an impact on everyone around us, even the way that we show up through our social media. I'm really um, 
intentional about the people that I follow and about the things that I say on social media, because we have such a great impact on people. And if people really understood the impact that we all have on the individuals around us, I believe that we would all do better to create beautiful, loving boundaries to be able to show up powerfully into everything that we're doing and to give ourselves the space to be able to be the best version of ourselves, stepping into whatever arena we're in in life. And respect others. I think that's a big thing. When we, when we, like you were saying, your thing is about love. When we don't, when we treat people in a loving manner, it's, it's miraculous. There's the response that we get, because as we know, a lot of people are not loving and it is rare for some people to come in contact with people that are treating them, you know, without judgment or all these other things that we carry. And you can really shape someone's day. You can really shape someone's day and, you know, cause you, you don't know what they've gone through. So I think it's important to really think about how our actions affect others. And when we set clear boundaries, we're able to do that in a healthier way. Yes. So what are some steps that women can take to get clear and pursue their purpose? I would say the number one thing that has worked for me would be to get quiet, to not allow outside influences to come in, to really shut your phone off or to put it on silent and away from you. What I like to do is when I get quiet time, I put my phone in my bathroom, which is far away from where my, my quiet space is at. And then I just am present to myself. I check in with my own feelings. How am I feeling right now? Taking a deep breath and just allowing myself to have quiet time. Because I think that is so not the norm in what we're experiencing in our culture today. Another step would be to pray for God to use his will for you. I think a lot of times, and I did not exactly grow up in the church. so. I'm, I'm just going to preface that, but I think when we come into a space of really looking to gain clarity and to, you know, really listen to what God has, has us or what God is telling us, we have to allow his will to be done in our life. So having that quiet time and then getting into his word in the Bible and really identifying, okay, God, before I even read your word, I'm going to quiet my mind. I'm going to shut down all things that are happening, and I'm going to be intentional and purposeful and present to your word and, and move from that space and, and allow yourself just time to pass by. I receive such blessing when I am in the Bible and when I don't set a timer. I feel when I, when I have set a timer in the past, I'm rushing myself to hurry up and get done and I'm constantly checking the clock. So when I allow myself, let's say in the morning, if I have two open hours, I allow myself to just go for it. I don't set a timer for myself and I allow God's will to be right here present with me today. The third step I would say is to take action to whatever he is calling you to do immediately. In my life, what I experienced, God was calling me to do so many things. And I was getting overwhelmed because I constantly was looking in comparison to my friends. Well, God, you're not calling them. So why do I need to do these things? So now my conversation between me and the Lord, you know, was this conflict. And he was clearly telling me, I'm equipping you. I'm not equipping them. I'm equipping you. I'm calling you. And I was so busy being upset about that. And so I did not take action on what he was calling me to do. And now this season in my life, I'm immediately taking action when he's calling me to take action, or I'm sitting still when he's calling me to sit still. And the blessings that I am receiving, and I'm not saying this so that you do something to get something from God. I am saying to get quiet, to allow God's will to really come into your life and to now be purposeful about the action that you are taking because you know exactly what God is telling you to do. The last step which is just as important as the first step is to really identify who you are according to God. In there's so many times, especially when I first got saved and throughout my life and still present today, but 
I find myself when I start to lose identity in who I am according to him, and I would love you all to just get into the Bible or even to search on Google Bible verses that tell me or that show me God's identity through myself. How can I identify with God or how does God identify me? Then you're able to really know who you are. I teach my clients this and in, in getting just grounded into who you are according to him, the creator. So now that when we go throughout our life, when people are telling us that we're fat, that we're not good enough, that we're not qualified, that we're too dumb, whatever it may be, we don't even pick up those lies because we've already identified exactly who we are according to him. So those would be my four steps and what women can do to get clear and pursue their purpose. And really, I guess a bonus step would be not to look for validation from others. God is not telling anyone else what he is doing in your life. Just like in the book of David, David was called to, to defeat Goliath. And David didn't ask anyone for permission of that. David didn't look for validation from others. He didn't say, brothers, do you think I'm qualified to take on this beast, this giant? Because of course, these people would have said no. So I think a lot of us, and in my own life, I've looked for validation and people have told me no when God clearly gave me his yes. And the only time that I was able to actually understand that is when I got into God's word, when I took immediate action, when I was continuing to pray for his will to be over my life, and when I started with identifying who I am in him looking at how God sees you and that has to be a daily thing because it we just our society you know everything is what's on social media or whatever else and so it's important to kind of reinforce that and I like how you talked about really identifying the lies so one thing that I started doing is asking myself what lies am I believing in this situation and you'd be surprised at the stuff that comes up so any situation you're in ask yourself that question and then pay, really pay attention to how you answer it. And then if it's like a thought or an idea or something that someone says that shouldn't be there, you shouldn't entertain it. And in regards to being intentional, a lot of times people think that, so we, we know that we have to be physically healthy. We know that we have to manage our emotions, which is easier said than done for most. And we think that, oh, spiritual growth will just happen. No, just like everything else, just like you have to work out to be healthy, you have to be intentional about what you eat, you have to be intentional about the time that you spend with God and your spiritual growth. It does not happen easy, easily. For some people, it may be easier than others. But then again, remember, we're all created differently and we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And so it's important to realize that this is something you have to be intentional with. If you got married to someone and they didn't spend time with you, you would be very angry and you probably wouldn't be married long. And so the same thing is with God. He wants a relationship. So this is not, you know, he wants a relationship with you. And in order to maintain any type of relationship, you have to be intentional with, with creating that space and that time. Yes. And I like how you mentioned taking action again. A lot of us, we've collected a lot of information from a variety of different places, but we don't take action. And like you were saying that you were looking around and your friends didn't have that same, you know, they didn't get that same message. And I think it's just really interesting because I feel that God has a special mission for each of us and he wants us to mind our own business. He doesn't want us to be all up in everyone else's business because that means you're neglecting what he has created you specifically to do. And so... I think that's, I think it's good that you really touched on that. You know, one thing that comes to mind on that too, I always think of be in your own lane. You know, if you're in on the track and you're running, you're not looking to other people because we know we're going to lose the race. Mm -hmm. Or if you're in the pool swimming, like Michael Phelps, when he is swimming there, he's not looking at the competition because he knows his task. He stays in his lane. And I believe it's the same thing when God is telling us what to do, we cannot look to other people. He's calling you to do something out of the norm, just like he called David. So if you really understand who you are in him, you're not going to be looking at other people's lanes because it doesn't make any sense. You know, and, and the comparison thing, it literally, comparison brings us no joy. If you're being 100% real with yourself, 
when you start to compare yourself and, and I invite you, if this is you and you are saying, you know what, I'm finding myself that I do compare. I invite you to really take a look at the things that you're comparing yourself to and then get rid of them. Comparison completely steals our joy. It has never brought you anything positive and make a list. What has comparison done to me? And let me, you know, show me, find me on social media, email me and show me, has comparison brought you any positivity? And if it hasn't, quickly identify what are the things that are, that I'm comparing myself to and how can I get rid of them? I was talking about being intentional on my social media. If I find myself being in comparison to, which I, I've done different things. I'm, I'm not at this space anymore, but when I first started and I found myself really judging myself and being in comparison to, I deleted those social media accounts and I, I stopped following those people. And it's just, you know, like you were talking about blessing, being intentional with the space that you're creating, being intentional with the music that you listen to, being intentional with the food that you eat. My perspective on this is if it is not providing for me, it is not for me, period. So things that do not provide joy for me, I've released them. Releasing is we have to, or you'll be distracted. I think in Necessary Endings, Henry Cloud again, he mm -hmm. was talking about like a rose bush and he was like, having an overgrown rose bush he said well those extra i guess branches that are not yielding a rose why are they there they're taking nutrients from the branches that are yielding a rose right. and so the goal is to be fruitful you have to have there has to be some evidence that you've taken action and so he was saying that you have to cut those the reason that they prune the rose bushes is so they can cut off the branches that are taking away nutrients from the branches that are producing a rose. And so yes. I think we have to look at our lives like that. For me, it was with people. And I think there, there's a concept of, what is it, good, better, best. Sometimes we settle for better instead of God's best. And I think that it takes time. Again, you mentioned being intentional to really find out what that is. And many of us get distracted by better instead of and, approaching God's best. Yes. And it's hard. Yes. I'm in that, I mean, you know, it's like constantly learning about myself. Like, well, I was accepting God's good in my life because I got saved. And so that was really good in my life. But the better, the next level was like, God was really teaching me his word and telling me to do these things. And now, which I know isn't the best, but it is another up level. I'm experiencing you know, really being in alignment. I, right now in my relationship with God is the best it has ever been. And the relationships that I'm having with other people are the best it has ever been. And it's just continuing to experience more of his best, which will, of course, will continue to grow and grow and grow. But I, I love what you said in, in just the picture of, you know, am I being fruitful? Am I really allowing these broken branches to be disconnected to me because they are taking away good nutrients. It also is tied to energy. So there, you know, we were broken. Well, people have, there's introverts and extroverts. So if you're introverted, you realize that the type of, the amount of energy that it takes to do certain things, you have to set boundaries. Like you have to be intentional about what, where your energy is going. And I'm sure it's the same for extroverts too, but you know, it, if you're drained, you're not going to be able to do what you were put here to do. And then if you are busy, like you said, looking in someone else's lane, you can't focus on the job that you have. But if you're working on the job that you have, you have no interest in being distracted and looking at someone else's lane. Yes. And you can't use your full energy when we're looking at someone else's lane. There's no way. It, it, it cannot happen. So being, I, and it's so true, being really intentional and being able to tap into or identify what is stealing away from my, what is stealing away my energy and what provides me energy. And it's taken me a long time to be able to clearly understand and clearly identify that. So now I know when I'm going into different spaces and I'm with a lot of people and I'm having a lot of conversation, that takes a lot of my energy. And it also builds my energy because I love being in conversation and having great conversation and meeting new people at the same time, you know, learning how to really tap into 
what are my specific energy levels and how can I create those boundaries to either, you know, pour into that energy or give myself space to recharge? It's definitely important to know when you need to recharge. And a lot of us just kind of like blow through that. We're like, eh, it's just a, it's not a limitation. And then we find ourselves burned out, which is right. not good. Which the thing with burnout too, which I know I'm sure this is true for you. I didn't know I was going to burn out. I thought I was doing everything at my normal 100 miles per hour speed, which of course was completely different from everyone else around me. But I thought, well, this is my norm. So I'm perfectly fine continuing to do this and live this way. And then I woke up one day and I was burnt out. There wasn't, I mean, of course, there were so many different warning signs, but because I didn't have that clarity, because I didn't give myself the space, I went from a hundred miles to literally zero. Especially like very driven women, that is something that'll happen. And I guess we're just so you. It takes something to stop us. So whether it's burnout or physical exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, there's always something that breaks us out of the, the, the habit that we have created. And so we, after that happens, because I think burnout is basically just, frankly, God's way of telling you, okay, so you've done it the way you feel like. Um, we, need to, we need to recoup. So you need, you're at a crossroads. I need you to decide whether you want to be in alignment or you want to keep running your own way. I really, for me, that's how it has been. So I think that because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, pain is not good. And as you know, in America, we like, like to numb pain with medications. But I think that really that pain, whether it's burnout, physical exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, whatever it is, it's a tool to break you out of that, you know, daily habit. And then a tool you can use to change and to make another decision and to turn and do something else. So, yeah, I, I think that that is definitely important. Yes. And it's that, it's that warning sign. It's like the pain is the warning sign. But because in America, we are so used to numbing ourselves and so used to going to the doctor and accepting whatever the doctor says, take this pill, you'll feel a little bit better. If it doesn't work, come back and we'll give you a different pill. And once I was able to understand, wow, my body is this magnificent thing that gives me warning signs. And, and until I was able to really create space to understand and to hear those warning signs, then I could react differently to them. So I completely agree with you. That's definitely true. Our emotions are warning signs. It yes. took me a while to get that one. Sad, but true. <laughs> And I think it's a great point to point out because a lot of us, you know, especially on social media, you're only seeing one part of that person's life and you're not seeing all of the struggles and you aren't seeing the timeline in what they've had to go through in order to experience what they're experiencing now. So now a lot of people in my life who meet me are like, wow, you, you've always been full of love. Well, truth is, if you really knew me, you would know that I was actually a very hurt and angry kid. And I didn't know how to communicate these things. And I just continued to live that way throughout my life until, you know, now here I am experiencing something so different. So I think it's important for us, especially as parents. I'm not a parent and I keep talking about the children. I have five nieces and one nephew. So it's really important for me to really understand my impact and how I'm showing up in the world. And they, they watch my every move. So that is why I keep addressing that. But to really understand, you know, how can I really create space to just take a breath, to check in? What are the warning signs I'm experiencing? And for those listeners who are, who are thinking, you know, I, I don't have any warning signs. I'm really curious about that. How can you really create space and maybe get out a piece of paper? What emotions have I felt today? Am I physically feeling any pain? and go from there to, to be able to identify what those warning signs that are coming up for you. We are, society tends to glorify the transformation without taking note of the process. And I think it is very harmful for adults and definitely for the younger kids, children, teenagers that are coming up because there is always something, it always costs you something to transform. But since we exalt and glorify the, the, you know, the transformation, like, oh, you know, someone will say, oh, I lost however many pounds, let's say a health coach. And you see the 
where they are now and you didn't see the sacrifices and the pain and all the other things that that person had to go to to get there. So I think we shouldn't minim minimize the process. We don't like talking about it because it's not pretty, but life is not pretty in that sense. So I think that we have to be careful, like you said, about what we're letting in and what we're seeing. And with social media especially, it's a highlight reel. It doesn't tell you the real story. So I think we've touched on some of these. What are some common distractions that can keep women from gaining clarity in their lives? Um, the number one thing I would say, well, they're kind of all number one things, but one point I would say is that negative self-talk. We all have negative self-talk and we all constantly go back to, you know, what is that negative person saying? I can't do this. I don't look good enough. I don't know enough. I'm too busy to do this. So I think that is one common distraction. We're constantly believing in that negative self-talk and we don't have anything to replace it. My mentor and coach, Lisa Nichols, does an exercise called Expose the Lies and she teaches you, and it's in her book called No Matter What, but she teaches you how to press pause on that negative self-talk and replace it with powerful, positive words. And so then you hit play on the powerful. So you can really replace those negative lies, that negative talk with powerful truths. And the powerful truths that I've decided to replace are getting into the Bible and identifying what does God say, you know, who does God say I am? So wiping out that negative with the truth, the real, real, real has helped me. Another thing would be, you know, another distraction would be continuing to identify or continuing to allow our guilt to come up because of our past or our guilt and our shame because of our past. Myself, and, I, and I've experienced this with so many different women, we are constantly bringing up the past, the things that we didn't do right, the decisions that we made that we're now ashamed of. And we're, what happened for me is, you know, I start to shut down because I think, oh my gosh, someone's going to find this thing about thing out about me, this bad thing that I did. And so I'm feeling almost, you know, chained down and, and chained down to what I've been through in my past when God is saying, I've already set you free of that. And, and God is clearly telling me, I've already wiped you clean of that. You know, why are you continuing to bring it up? So I'm continuing to allow that to come up and, and other women that I've experienced. So the, a distraction, you know, continuing to live in those lies that we are shackled to the pain that we've experienced in our life. Another thing is just constantly, like we've talked about before, looking for approval and validation from other people. As women, I think a lot of us have just gotten so used to going for someone for approval. Even us who are looking to, you know, find the perfect outfit to go out somewhere. If we're going out on a first date, if we're going to a ballroom dance, if we are, you know, our wedding, you know, whatever it may be, we're constantly taking a picture of ourselves in our outfits and then sending it to our sisters, our friends saying, hey, does this look good? Is this okay? What do you think about this? What, and whoever it may be, and whatever situation it may, may be, we're constantly being distracted from getting to know ourselves. How do we feel in this outfit? How does this outfit complement my body? And instead of really taking a moment to identify with myself or ourselves, most of us allow other people's influence to dictate what we believe. We believe it looks good if she gave us approval. So I would say those are um, some main common distractions for women and men. Men are more subtle about it. Of um, course, but they still like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely you're talking about living in the past. I, I mean, I do this too, like I think we all do, but it really robs you of your present and future. It robs you of being present in the now and focusing on what you can do now. We can do nothing about the past. I think that we should understand that our past affects our future and our present. It just does. But right. if we focus there, then your future and your present are becoming your past and you've done nothing with it. Right. And like we were talking about before the interview, time is going by so quickly. You know, we can't just sit and now. There does, I, I do believe that 
you do need to have a grieving process, but your grieving process can't be forever. You got to grieve in, in, in regards to the past. You have to, you, you have to put it to rest eventually and then move forward. It should not cripple you. And so, you know, if God has already washed it away and he has allowed you and empowered you to do what he has called you to do, you have to get up eventually because he's not going to force you to do it. Right. Boundaries. He follows boundaries too. So he, we need to do our part. It doesn't yeah. just magically happen. So I think really focusing on the fact that living in the past robs you of your future and robs you of the ability to be present. And the fact that people learn from your stories, if you're still living there, you're not going to share it because it's your present. So it's important to keep that in, in mind. Exactly. How can we use this to our good? You know, how can you use your painful stories that you've been through to be able to be a blessing to someone else who is experiencing the same situation or something similar? And that's really what has allowed me to break free. Of course, God, you know, continuing to watch that, but now being able to be in a position to where I would have said, oh, this, this thing that I was so ashamed of, well, now I'm showing up and I'm able to help women who are experiencing that same thing now and today. I've come through it. So it's, it's such a beautiful journey for myself to be on the other end of it now to walk others through. If your past hadn't occurred, you wouldn't be able to help others through. Sometimes I think that when things happen to us, we try to find out why. And I think we should really focus on who. Who is it I'm supposed to help with this craziness that has happened in my life? And then, you know, once you connect with that person, just see how you help them. Because I think when we focus on the past, we're just focused on ourselves and we are not created to live your community we were created to live in community. So that means your story can help someone else. And I think until we get that understanding and understand that our story actually helps someone else move past something, maybe quicker, that I think that's where we need to focus on how can, you know, this craziness in my life, this story help other people. And then it changes your perspective. Yes. So why is finding our God-given purpose important? I believe God has given us all a special gift, a unique gift. And so I believe that once we know our gifts, we're able to now serve them and fulfill our purpose. And in my own experience, I'm now in a place of, you know, I have such a different relationship with God and I'm able to feel in alignment in a way that I've never felt before. And the only way I can explain this is my first ever coaching session I, I was like powerful and I was handling it. And I felt after this exchange, when I was the coach and leading this person, I felt as if I was underneath a waterfall and I was completely overwhelmed and drenched in just overflowing love and magnificence in a way that I had never experienced before. And I continue to have that experience as I'm coaching now. But I, I believe in my own self, you know, I took so long to go this long route to be able to find what God was calling me to. And now that I'm experiencing it and just having this overflowing love, I can only say it's been such a freedom. I've, I've really broken free from the chains that used to hold me. And so in my own belief, I, I think it's so important because God is, is giving you so much and so much more, more than you can even imagine. And so I would just encourage everyone to get closer to God, to be able to see what those gifts are, to be able to really step into faith and to pray, to take away my own unbelief. Because I, I feel so many times people don't believe that God is going to do a good work. And so if you're praying, take away my unbelief, I am trusting in you completely. I am taking action to do your work. I am in your word and just allow him to show up and be the faithful servant that you are. It is such a different experience you will have in this life. So basically life, you feel more aligned now that you're operating in your purpose. And I think this is what all of us feel. And most of us are trying to look for what that is. And so we look in all sorts of different areas and accept the area in which we're supposed to look. God, mm -hmm. he has created you. He knows what he created you to do. He knows what your mission is, but you can't get it without being in relationship. You have to 
again, be intentional. And so that's important. And then you can't also have that idea like I'm give I'm tr going to get something. I don't know really how to describe it, but that's never the the correct mindset. Right. And I think it's, you know, what is my full potential? When I was in middle school, I had a teacher who wrote on my report card, not showing up in her full potential. And I always, I always remember this teacher and I love this teacher, but I was like, why did she write that about me? What does that even mean? How does she know my full potential? And I would get so upset about it. Like she doesn't know me. And so when I, when I think of that now, it's like, God has so much more for me. And I've been so angry at the fact of not showing up, you know, in, in the first years when I was saved. And now that I'm here in this place, what would God have done in my life before? And, and I'm not focusing on this question, but just, you know, allowing people to think, how are you really living in your full potential? It's almost as if, if you've ever played a game and you know for a fact that there's 10 levels to that game and you get to level 10 and then your friend comes over to you who played that same exact game and she's like oh my gosh did you see all the bonus levels once you get to level 10 and you know you actually do 20 levels and you're like what i didn't even know there were more levels like i i didn't even know there was more to this and i feel that way in really why it's so important for our God-given purpose. There is so much more that you are meant to experience in this lifetime by really understanding God's will over your life and by using the gifts that he has given to you and to be able to clearly identify those gifts so that you can use them according to his will. Yeah, I agree. Many of us are not living up to our full potential according to God. So, you know, I think it's a good, kind of like a good, reminder to really just seek what he wants you to do yeah. i've heard stories where people said you know oh i was doing my own thing you know i was you know especially in business i was making however many you know six figures whatever and then they came to a point where you know something had happened in their life and they came to christ and now they are doing something that's completely different from what they were doing before but they're like I feel like this is what I was created to do. There's just like a sense of peace when they say that. And so again, I think it's really important to focus on alignment. When you align with what God created you to do, of course there's going to be peace because you're doing what you were created to do. You have all the giftings, you have all of these things are there. Really, he's just waiting for us to get the message and like kind of <laughs> kind of realize what what they're there because I think we underestimate our gifts and our talents because a, we're busy comparing or, you know, we're upset that we don't have whatever. So I right. think that that's, that's definitely good that you touched on that. Yeah. And there is a verse, I, I was trying to look for it, um, a parable about, you know, the master gave each person a different amount of coins. And, and, and I, I'm so sorry, I'm totally drawing a blank on um, what exact verse it is so that the listeners can find it. But it's basically talking about, you know, each person had one coin, three coins, or five coins. The person with one coin, well, they were so wanting to cling on to that coin because they only had one, so they dug it into the ground. The person with three coins went and did whatever they did. They doubled their profit or, or earned an additional coin. And then the one with five coins went and doubled that and, you know, really put to use the coins. And so the master came back and went through and was just talking to each person. Well, the one, one with one, you did not do a thing. So give your one coin to the person who had five. And the one with one was like, well, why am I giving it to the person with five? Like you did nothing with what I gave you. And so I, I always think of that lesson of if God is giving you something and you are literally digging it into the ground or you're holding it so tight to not being a, a blessing towards others, there's no way that you're going to experience the, a, a different relationship with God because you are not in flow in that relationship. It's just like when we are in a, in a romantic relationship with someone. If someone loves us and instead of loving them back and being free and, and enjoying more um, a greater relationship with that person, we're so busy clinging on to their love. You know, we want them to love us more. We want them to do all these things, but we can't give them love back because we're so busy clinging onto their love. So for me, it's just a great example of 
what is God giving me and how am I showing up to serve that? Or how am I showing up to really use these gifts so that it can bless more people? The person who had five coins was able to really, and I, and I could be totally off. It could be three coins. And I, I completely apologize to anyone who knows exactly what that story is. And if I am misrepresenting the coins, cause I now have a feeling that I am. So I pray for forgiveness <laughs> and bear with me on the story principles. It's just the person who had the most coins who went out and were able to really double the coin that they have. It's not about the money. It's about being able to understand this is what I have and I'm giving all that I have. Yeah. It's really about stewardship. Like even if you have like kids, like if you give, I don't have any, but I like them and my friends have kids. So like if you give, you know, if, if you, if you give, let's say you have a twins, you give one of the twins a toy and then you give the other one a toy and, you know, they have a birthday party or whatever where other kids come over and you have one of the twins is sharing with all the other kids and the other twin is like, no, you're not touching my toy, which I know this happens in real life. So what are you going to do for me just to be real? If I'm going to invite other children over, I'm going to give the child the share as well. Just saying. So, you know, I think that he kind of looked, I mean, because we are supposed to steward the gifts that we have. We don't have the right to say, oh, this gift is small or insignificant because the person that it's the giver's intention, not our perspective on the gift. And so I think a lot of us are like, well, my gift is small compared to hers. It's not good enough. And then, you know, that insults the giver. So we have to be careful with that. And, you know, it's just, I think the whole thing of that story, because I didn't real it, I had to read it a couple times since I was younger. When I was younger, I was like, oh, that's dumb. The one that had one coin should have gone and invested it. But now I kind of get it a little bit more. Um, right. It's about stewardship. Yes. And so yes. if you cannot steward what you've been given, the little you have been given, you're not going to be giving additional. So yes. that's, that's basically it. <laughs> so how did you gain clarity and pursue your God-given purpose? And I think you've touched on this, but any points you would like to add in there? Yeah, um, I, I quiet time with God um, really just allowed our relationship to grow to a different level and really being in the Bible and belonging to a church that teaches the Bible. I don't know everything. And, and as people will start to learn once they read the Bible and they continue to read it year after year or passage after passage, as I'm going back to different passages, just like you just said, when you were little, you read it one way and that made obvious sense to you. And now it's like, oh, I understand why that person would have clung on so tight. And so as we, as we continue to read passages throughout our lifetime, different things come true to us. And we, we learn, you know, it's our different perspective and, and the experiences that we've had over life. So one thing that's allowed me to really find and gain clarity and pursue God's given purpose over my life is to really take that time to look at his word, to be in his word, and then to surround myself with people who are also in his word. Not that I'm looking for validation from them, but now I'm able to communicate with others who know God's word. So if I'm, if I'm communicating something to someone, they're going to refer me back to his word. So just really building the relationship with him, a few books that helped me. And I'll share with you my favorite Bible verse, Ephesians, 3 14 through 21 i read this verse over and over and over and i'm not even going to tell you what it is about i would like you to look it up for the listeners here that was ephesians 3 14 through 21 and that verse just changed my entire perspective and i really started to believe and started to feel that throughout my being and so that that verse was it for me and then there are a few books that really have helped me the purpose driven life by rick warren so i tried to read this book a few times and i always wanted someone to read it with me and so i continued to reach out to people to read it with me and it really didn't do the best work for myself until i read it alone so check out the purpose driven life by rick warren and then priscilla schreier she she wrote fervent um, that book really helped me to learn how to pray 
And in the Bible, Jesus teaches us how to pray to the Father. So also, of course, look that up. But I came from such a place of, well, I still, you know, I'm a young believer. I don't really know how to pray. I'm embarrassed to pray. So that was something that really helped me get back into the word and to clearly start to understand this is how I can pray. And God has always answered prayers, but now it's just a, a, a different relationship. So I encourage you to get in his word, to create those boundaries, to be able to have space, to give yourself permission for quiet time, to get into his word, to apply his word to your life through that immediate action that you take. And just to continue to be present to today, not identifying with your past, but really identifying who God says you are according to his word. Definitely important. So how can listeners find out more about you, Tassie? I am on, I have a website, which is www.tassiecoaching.com. And Tassie is spelled T-A-S-I. I'm also on Instagram. You can find me at Tossie Coaching and I'm on Facebook, Tossie Coaching Inc. I-N-C. And I would be happy to connect with you all. Thank you so much, Tossie. This is a wonderful conversation about, you know, how you came to Christ and how you found clarity from, you know, all of the heartbreak and things that happened in your past. I want to thank you again. Thank you so much, Blessing, for your time today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Wealthier Together podcast. You can leave a review on iTunes or you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wealthier Together. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics or speakers, you can also send an email to wealthiertogether at gmail.com. That is W-E-L-L-T-H-I-E-R-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com.